With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the Hawkeye Nation podcast. I am Rob Howe, publisher of Hawkeye Nation, and happy to be joined today by uh, somebody I always enjoy talking to, uh, Connor McCaffrey, point guard, small forward, I don't know, power forward, uh, outfield, first base. (laughs) You have a lot of positions. Um, how are you, man? How have you been? I haven't talked to you since the end of the season, and obviously 2020 is bananas. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely I'm, uh, I'm doing okay right now, but, you know, like, like you said, 2020 has been, been pretty crazy. Um, not, not, not been a year that, you know, I want to get used to it all. Uh, we pretty much – a lot of sitting around right now uh, – you know, definitely different protocols coming into the year in terms of, you know, practicing and how Carver's being used, how Dwayne Banks is being used. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to, trying to, I don't know, kind of adjust to everything, but it's definitely not normal by any stretch of the imagination. Doesn't like, cause I was in Indianapolis, I was getting ready to head over to the arena and, uh, Man, March 12th seems like it was years ago. Oh, it does. It really does. I mean, it, it, it feel, time has moved so slow over quarantine. It feels like to me, every yeah. day is like, I, I don't even know. Cause you know, you're not really doing stuff. Uh, and so it's like, Oh, you know, an hour feels like, you know, eight hours. Yeah. Um, so where I, I know uh, I, I'm waiting for you to start your podcast now that J-Bo has one rolling. So um, <laughs> I haven't, yeah. I've heard the, I've heard the pod with TC is great. And I, I'm looking forward to listening to that later today. Um, and we're recording this for those folks that are listening. We're, we're recording this uh, on August the 31st and uh, encourage people to listen to, to Jordan Bohannon's podcast. But um he had mentioned that uh, the COVID had hit your team with seven guys had gotten it. Um, I know you can't talk about, you know, who has it, but did it affect you? Um, no, it, it didn't. So, That's good. you know, that I, it affected me 
uh, you know, because I had to quarantine. Right. Um, I, I was quarantined for pretty much what felt like the entire month of July and early into August. Yeah. I mean, it, it felt like forever. I don't even remember the exact days of it, but uh, I was not allowed you know, you can't, you can't go into Carver, can't go into the weight room during, during your quarantine. Uh, it's pretty much just at my, uh, at my house and I was sitting with my roommates for the most part. And it was not, it was not fun. I mean, you know, you can, I, I can only run up and down my hill doing sprints, you know, so much <laughs> there's not, and uh, my backyard's not big enough to take any kind of batting practice. Uh, you know, so we we um we got some shots up on the Burge courts. You know, back behind uh, Burge yeah. there, Catlett. That that was fun. We played we played some two on two, some twenty one back there. You know, outside, uh, pretty free there. That was that was that was fun. And then we had um, I I hit it in. The, there's there's some cages that we found. So we're I had my roommates come throw to me and, and then I threw to them on the fields because they were arguing about who could win in a home run derby. So they, uh, so, so I threw just to them. You're going to have to name names derby. here. You're going to have to, we need to visualize <laughs> who the hoopers were that were taking batting practice. Okay. So here, here, here's what we got. We had the first home run. Derby, so we've had multiple. It, okay. It's been a hit. So the first home run derby was Luca Garza. Austin Ash, Michael Bear, Patrick McCaffrey, and Joe Toussaint. Okay, those were the five. And we had – so we had a bunch of rounds, we, and then we had teams. So we had preliminary rounds of who could hit the most home runs to then form the teams. And I believe overall Austin Ash did hit the most home runs. Wow. I might be corrected on that. I think Patrick McCaffrey was second, maybe tied and tied with Luca Garza. Luca definitely hit the farthest home run, and it <laughs> and it's not close. Luca did hit some bombs. Um, I think Patrick has the best swing. Michael Bear was the most improved, along with Joe Toussaint. I, I'm pretty sure Joe said going in he had never swung a baseball bat like wow. it was that yeah so he it was like one one of those um and but he he did hit I think he hit like three or four home runs in one of the one of the one of the rounds so definitely huge huge things from him but Luca Luca hit a bomb like a, a true probably would have went out on the college field type home run definitely would have had a chance um but Austin and Patrick Austin played baseball I think Austin and Patrick played baseball, you know, latest into their lives. Mm -hmm. So that was – those were the two that had, like, the truest baseball swing. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. What was uh, – what would be your tape measure estimate on Luca's bomb? It, it's tough because we were playing – we were at those fields back by the Pleasant Valley Golf Course. Um, okay. So, like, yeah, little softball fields. Yeah. Uh, fences – I mean, no more than 150 feet all the way around. Right. But I would definitely say his went, you know, a good 300 to 325. Nice. Um, the thing about, like, he, he, he smokes it. Like, he could definitely hit it with some exit velo. But, uh, you know, without, like, the true baseball swing, it had some topspin. So, it, it, it mm -hmm. didn't carry like it probably would have. So, yeah. 
So what else, I mean, was it just like getting up every day and trying to figure out something to do? Yeah, literally. I mean, you know, a lot of baseball, watched a lot of baseball. Uh, what, once the NBA started, we obviously got into that. Um, but that was, that was until later. Um, you know, so I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of Sox games, a lot of Cubs games. Um, whenever there was a game on ESPN, you know, at night or something, we watched that. And then pretty much, you know, I, I've been doing some, doing some yoga type stuff, uh, sprints in the neighborhood, um, a little bit of video games. And then, uh, you know, honestly, just trying to, every day was a little bit different in terms of trying to find different stuff to do. Were you taking any courses? Were you doing anything online? No, I wasn't. I, uh, I started this summer like thinking about taking one but I've never been a, a summer class guy I always feel like I, I kind of need like a break um, I just have trouble like really you know kind of getting the motivation to a point where I can actually do anything school related in the summer after what feels to me like a, a really long fall and spring semester mm, that makes sense yeah. How how have you found the uh, online learning compared to in person? You know, I don't I don't mind it. I mean, it it's kind of, I, it's different because you're not used to like a lot of the teachers that are now online aren't used to having to put everything online. So like I have a couple courses that would have been true online courses anyway, and those are smooth. Okay. But the other the others that aren't true online courses you can tell that they're not like things you know and, and, and it's not like it's not anyone's fault it's just right. not it's not normal um so like you know i'm trying to everybody's trying to adapt i mean you know you have you have different people uh different teachers handling it different ways in terms of you know where they're putting assignments how they're making them do um uh, you know where the readings are stuff like that because it's all it's all different um than a normal online class and and it's okay we we get used to it so are you guys back together working out yeah so you there this week, I believe, is the first week of mandatory workouts. I, I've been with baseball, so okay. I, I went to the gym a couple of times last week uh, during during the time, but I didn't go every day. Um, I went with uh, went with baseball. So, but yeah, I believe this week's mandatory workouts and then um, mandatory lifts as well. Has anything changed since you guys had the quarantine? Is there any, were there any like um, protocols that came into, you know, came into existence or, or you, you did things a little bit tighter or, or was the, you know, was the, you know, I don't want to call it an outbreak if there was, a, you know, how many ever, how, however many guys got it, but were you, I guess, did you take more precautions when you came back together? Um, yes. So now, well, kind of. So basically, I think before our whole team outbreak, it was okay, wear a mask all the time. But like when you're playing in Carver, like five on five and everything, you obviously can take it off. And that's been something that has now kind of been changed. And they're wanting 
they're wanting everyone to wear a mask all the time because they're saying that will limit like your quarantine time. As you can imagine, it makes it pretty difficult to breathe when you're trying to play basketball with mask over your face. Right. Um, so that's been that's been interesting for sure. And it's the same in the weight room. It's the same. I mean, we had, you know, we had a 95-degree baseball practice outside. We're wearing masks. It's very – like, so it's, it's our making everything. Um, it, I do see, like, you know, everyone's wearing masks. So you were wearing a mask when you were around him. Okay, you don't have to quarantine. You know, it's that kind of thing. Gotcha. If anyone was to get it, you know, that's the way that they're handling it. So before – our outbreak it wasn't like that but now it is um and i think people are definitely still getting used to that i personally don't see that continuing to stay a part of the protocol just because like maybe maybe it will maybe it won't but i don't see how like we can play like a legitimate five on five with you know everybody wearing masks all the time you know that i just think that that would be very very hard uh, you know, and just to breathe. I mean, I like, I don't like wearing it, you know, in the grocery store for more than, you know, 20 minutes. I'm trying to get a little claustrophobic in terms of, you know, how, but that's the way it is right now. And, you know, so we're trying to, we're trying to handle that as is. Um, and I guess, you know, we'll, hopefully we'll get used to it. Yeah, I, I would imagine that baseball is a heck of a lot more um, conducive to wearing masks all the time than basketball with the with the you know with the cardio. Even baseball is is probably uh, difficult as well. Do you have to take more like stoppages and just to get people you know a little bit more of a chance to breathe? Yeah, so like with baseball, how it's been has definitely been different for basketball. Like in baseball, you know, I think it's like oh, you know, if you're out playing right field and no, like there's somebody in center field and somebody at first and second base, like you, you can lower the mask, right? Because right? you're not near anyone. And that's kind of how, it, how it's been, been like in the majors too, is like, okay, if there's somebody on first and you're playing first, you know, a base or opposing player, put, you pull the mask up. Like I, I've seen, you know, I've seen Rizzo do that. Yep. Um, you know, pull the mask up. And then when they leave, if nobody, nobody's near you, you're just playing first, you can pull it down a little bit. And I think it's pretty much been that way for for baseball as well. Like, you know, if we're if we're nowhere near each other, you know, playing catch or something, then you know, I will personally at least pull pull my mask down a little bit just to breathe easier. Um, and then, but then in basketball, you know, it, it is different because it's definitely more of a close contact type sport. Mm. So you don't have those chances to pull it down and you know breathe. So you're kind of you're kind of like, you know, trying to pick your spots. You know, you, I'll, you, you walk away from someone, pull it down, catch your breath, you know, that kind of thing. But it's definitely harder to find, you know, time to, to breathe and everything. You mentioned Rizzo. Are you a Cubs fan? I know, I know your dad's a Phillies fan. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm a baseball fan. I'm, okay. a, I'm, a, I'm a Phillies fan as well. Okay. I'm definitely, definitely a Phillies fan. I'm a Bryce Harper guy. Um, and then I'm, and then I'm a Sox fan as well, to be honest, because okay. you know, of, of Nico, um, you know, so we'll, we've, I've been big on the Sox, you know, this whole time. Kinda, yeah. I, I asked him if they would, you know, allow me to become, 
you know, one of those fans that kind of joins the bandwagon because that's pretty much what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I like the Yankees as well, you know, because I grew up in New York. I used to listen to the used to listen to the Yankee games on the radio, the, the Cano and Jeter A-Rod teams. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to those games on the radio like every night before I went to bed. Um, but I'm definitely, you know, Phillies are my number one. And then like everybody else is kind of like, I enjoy watching, but I'll root for, I'll root for the Sox pretty much, you know, as that second, second team, if, if I'm watching, you know, with Nico for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. I lean toward the Sox around here too. I moved out here and I've told you this before from in 97 from South Jersey. And, uh, I grew up a Mets fan. And so I kind okay. of, I kind of, uh, I relate to the Sox because they're kind of like the second class team in Chicago. Everybody's a Cubs fan and it's, you know, there are Sox fans obviously, but the Cubs are the, are the darlings of Chicago, kind of like the Yankees are to the Mets in, uh, right. in New York. Right. So I kind of can relate. And the Sox have done an incredible job of, of rebuilding that team. They've got some young studs. Oh yeah. No, that lineup's fun to watch. That lineup is crazy it's been it's been fun i mean they hit they hit more home runs i swear watching the games than it's like oh you're surprised if they go like two or three innings without a home run it's, it's crazy how much baseball did you get in during um you know the six months from from march to to i mean basketball is easier you can go out and just kind of and, and i know you talked about taking some bp and stuff but basketball you can go out and pretty much shoot or whatever by yourself baseball's a little bit different yeah yeah so I started playing with a summer ball team and then I was, I was, I, I was forced to stop to be honest. Cause so I played maybe, I think it was like four games before I got shut down um, by, by the docs here because, you know, it's kind of like with the policies in place, just trying to keep everybody, you know, within like your own little group. Right. Was the, was the way. Yeah, exactly. So, when we first were brought back, it was okay. The word they were using was like your cohort. So we're, mm. like, we're, I was around like the team and like my family and, you know, stuff like that. Like, it, and you know, don't really go too much outside of that. Like you don't need to be going, you know, you don't need to drive to anywhere, you know, Cedar Rapids, Illinois to see friends you haven't seen in a while, you know, that kind mm. of thing. You don't know people, what they've been doing, like don't go see them. And so obviously I couldn't account for, you know, what the people on my summer league team were doing outside of, you know, our games. So that was kind of like how it was, how it was shut down. So I got to do that for a little bit. But then other than that, I mean, for the most part, it was just like hidden in the cages. Um, never really took like a live, you know, BP round or anything like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was tough. It was kind of, you know, it was, definitely stir crazy um and you know i was i was trying to make up things to do every day you know like i said it's like okay well what can we do today let's make up like some type of game let's do yeah. let's do something new like what what can we do yeah competitors are going to compete right right exactly <laughs> exactly where was the summer league team it was in the uh, it was just in the Iowa Valley League um, okay you know i played for this team called Red Top uh and you you play we played like up in norway um uh, and then i think one of the other games was in watkins so 
you play all around. Um, and I've, I've played for them in the past. You know, we've played at Williamsburg, Iowa City West, Regina, you know, places, places like that. Um, and you just play other teams, you know, from around these other – like there's a team from Walford, Watkins, Norway, uh, Williamsburg. Um, and then I think there's like one or two more. So, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty good league. It's a way to get some at-bats. That must have been nice after not being in any live live competition to to be able to get to get out there and compete a little bit. Yeah, no, it was it was. I mean, it was it was something to do. You know, it was it was uh, it was fun while it lasted. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, you you said you've been with the with the baseball team here since school started again. How, did, was, you know, what's it been like getting back in, out there again and you know training? Do you feel like you're you're getting is it get? Is it like getting you know back on a bike, or is it, are you are you feeling like you're playing catch up a little bit? Uh, yeah, no. To be honest, it does feel like a normal fall. I mean, it, for the most part, you know, we're. I think coach uh, has done a good job of you know trying to make it, you know, as seem as normal as possible. Um, you know, taking taking everything as is. Uh, obviously, things are different, but you know, you can't like he, he's coach is big on. You know what? What can you control? You know, don't don't complain about things that you can't control. Like not even at all. So you know, if you can't control this, just do just focus on becoming like a little bit better every single day. And yeah. so that's kind of I think like how the mindset is going into workouts every day. Um, and and you know that and that's a good way to keep from you know being like wow like you know this I wish it was normal you know this sucks <clears throat> that kind of thing. So. So it, it's honestly been it's honestly been pretty decent. We haven't had a full practice yet. We've had like individual workouts and stuff. So um, it'll be interesting to see you know how full practice is handled. But I'm assuming it's going to feel feel pretty normal for the most part. Um, what was it like for you? I mean, did you get a sense you know early on? I know you're you're you've been friends with Lucas since. I think I remember doing a story on you guys when you were at the, the Nike 100 down in, I think that was, was that St. Louis? Yep. St. Louis. And so you guys are friends and you know, you know him pretty well. I mean, what was it like for you watching him kind of go through the process of, you know, such an unusual pre-draft process and then having to, you know, figure out what to do. I mean, did you guys talk about that or how, how did you observe that? Yeah, so so we did talk about it. Um, you know, for me, like how, you know, I kind of I we we did. It, it was kind of weird because, like you said, it was an unusual draft process. So you know, things aren't 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 as they normally are. So he's right. he was doing meetings, uh, you know, on his laptop with teams, you know, in the living room, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so I mean, you know, you're trying to like you want to be you know, there for him and, you know, help him if he wants to talk. But, you know, I also didn't want to press him either. You know, that kind of thing. That was kind of how I felt. Um, and so I, I, I want to say we had one or two, maybe three conversations uh, towards the end of the process. And I was thinking, you know, he's leaning towards coming back, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but you know, there were times when I was like, wow, I think, you know, he'll, he might leave, you know, also. So it was, uh, it was, it was interesting for me to go through it. Um, but you know, that he's such a, 
he's such like a deep thinker. You know, he, he takes a lot of, he takes notes and, you know, he, he, he's, everything weighs on him pretty, pretty heavily. You know, he was really, really thought deeply about the entire situation and pros and cons. And he gets multiple opinions, talks to multiple people, becomes very informed. And, you know, I think that that's the right way, you know, to make a, to make a decision like that. And, you know, it was, it was fun watching him, you know, go through that because obviously then it was, you know, more, we were, we were even happier, you know, when he told us uh, that he, that he would be coming back because of, you know, just the entire process of it all. Yeah. And that's such a huge thing for you guys to go through as well, because it changes the dynamic of your team and, you know, just immensely whether or not he's coming back. So, I mean, once you hear that he is coming back, does it, did your mind immediately click to man, we have a chance to do something this year. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that we all definitely know the kind of team we have coming back. But, uh, you know, with that being said, I think that I think we really, really need to put in the extra work, you know, that we like, you know, last year we kind of had a chip on our shoulder. You know, we weren't like picked very high or anything. Right. <clears throat> um you know, and then we're we're one bucket away from finishing fourth, you know, in the league and having being in a really good spot. Um, and you know, I think that you know, the, even the year before that, we played with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. Uh, and this year, you know, I think to be honest, we'll do the same. You know, we're never we're never going to be guys that become complacent. You know, we're we're, we're all fierce competitors. And we're going to, we're going to come out, you know, we love, we love the hoop. Like, you know, I, I've said this about our team before, like we're hoopers. So, you know, it's, it's fun and it, it's going to be intense and we're going to be, we're going to love playing. Like it's not, you know, going to be something like, I feel like we're going to enjoy every single night as it comes, you know, we're going to be always, you know, just, loving every single moment with each other you know whether it's practice whether it's a game you know hopefully there can be fans you know we can enjoy it with the fans uh and I think that that's you know that's just how this team's gonna roll and I'm and I'm excited yeah you talked about it the dynamic has changed I'm uh, you're going from from hunters to hunted and um you know that's that's almost a different mindset I think doesn't it feel like you almost have to be better now because you're going to get everybody's best? Not that you weren't getting everybody's best before, but if you've got, you know, that number next to your name, if it's a whatever it is, if it's an eight or a five or a four, wherever you end up being ranked to start the season, that immediately brings with it a bullseye. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, we know that because, you know, that's how we treated teams, you know, when they would come in with a two or with four or five next to yeah. their name. Um, you know, we know that, that we know that those are big games when it comes to tournament time. So we know that teams are going to be gunning for us. But with that being said, you know, we, we want – and once tournament comes, time comes around, we want that one or that two or that three seed. We want that top – you know, those top seeds. Uh, and so we, we can't take any game lightly because we, we know, you know, what we want and we know that we need, uh, we need to really come out. We can't, we can't afford to have a stinker, you know, any, any night. We need, we need to come to play every single night. Um, I think people on the outside look at it and are like, okay, this is a top 10, top five team. 
there aren't many weaknesses. And I, I think with you guys, that's, that's certainly the case. But every team has a weakness. Where do you guys need to be better? Uh, you know, I think it's definitely on the defensive end. You know, if we can, if we can become better on defense, you know, that's, that's – I think that that'll be, you know, the thing for us. And we'll just be we, – we, we have the tools. We have the players that can do it. And, uh, you know, if we really put our minds to it and focus – that's going to be the, the Achilles heel for us for sure. How do you do that, Connor? How can you guys be better defensively? It's, I know you're, I hear your dad talk about a lot. He loves the word connected. And uh, I don't think it's any more, you know, any more important than it is on the defensive end. Yeah, no, being connected is, I think, the number one thing. Um, t- talking, communicating, that was where, like, a lot of people don't, don't know but that's where Luca got a lot better last year because mm-hmm. that backline guy talking is is really helpful because you know they see everything so you know I, whether it's whether it's handling uh screens guarding off the dribble um you know playing more of like a pack line type defense you know we're all all going to be working on different things to get better and you know I think that I think that we have a lineup, you know, we, we can switch, we can change defenses. You know, if a team's, if a team is, you know, taking us off the dribble, you know, go zone maybe for a couple of possessions, try to throw them off, then switch back man, uh, you know, to get more of in their space. You know, there's different things we can do to throw teams off. We've always kind of been good at, you know, changing defenses and adjusting to what the other team's doing. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, for us, the biggest thing may be, like just guarding off the ball, like in an ISO type of situation. Um, And maybe I think it does help that, you know, with our, our smaller lineup, you know, you might say with me at the four, um, we can switch a lot more guard stuff, you know, because the part where it gets hard is, you know, when, you know, Luca gets switched on to Cassius Winston, you know, something like that, you know, that that's where you run into a lot of issues and you see that with other teams too, but you know, the more, you know, we can we can stay with, you know, solid matchups and you know, fight through screens and talk and communicate. I think the better we'll be. It seems like Patrick and Jack coming back will help too, both long guys that can kind of uh, disrupt. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're both they're both shot blockers, long athletes. Um, Jack is probably our best shot blocker. He's he's really he's got like really good timing with it. Um, really long arms and then Patrick is good at blocking his players shot Um, and then to be honest both the both of the Murray twins are also really good shot blockers you know they've been they've been two guys that have they're really long I mean they're both huge like they're both six nine six eight six nine and you know so we're adding we're adding four shot blockers you know because that's such a huge thing is you know, guys finishing in the lane, you're, you're looking around. If you watch teams play against, like, Maryland last year with Stig Smith in the middle of the paint blocking right. shots, I mean, they're, you're, not, you're not getting clean finishes. And that's such a huge difference because then you got to make – you're making mid-range, mid-range twos and then threes. And that, you know, so that – I mean, obviously that changes the game. So, you know, like for us, adding shot blockers back to the lineup is, is going to be a huge advantage. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Five incoming freshmen is a big, big group. How, how, have, how, have they, how have you guys incorporated them and how have they adjusted? I think I think it's gone really well to be honest with you. I think that you know they they all have really done well with the the transition. Um, you know the way that we try to help them is just but you know talking through everything with them. Uh, we didn't really get to have a ton of team practices before they before we got shut down. Yeah. Um, so you know they they missed out in that in that regard. But I do think that this is a a smart incoming group that we have, I think they'll be able to, you know, learn, learn everything, everything that we're doing pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, with the way that, with the way that the game is now, like we, we're not really sure, you know, when we're, when we're going to be starting, you know, what, what the terms are going to be, when's practice going to be. And I think that they've all handled that well. And that, you know, that's obviously, you know, got to be really weird for some freshmen coming in and, you know, all around the country, you know, freshmen coming in and things are just different. You know, it's like, well, what, what it, you're, it's already hard enough to adjust. And now you have to adjust to all this extra, these extra protocols and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think they've all handled it well. They've, they've played well. I mean, Tony is really, really athletic. Uh, Aaron's been, been really good with the ball and Chris and Keegan, we haven't gotten to play five on five with big Josh yet because he was obviously uh, mm-hmm. late coming in. So, Hopefully we can do that do that soon. But we've we've had uh, you know we've had good good moments with all of them. Connor, what are your thoughts on playing in a bubble? It seems like there's been a lot of talk about that. I saw the NCAA trademarked some bubble term or something today earlier before we started recording. So obviously it's on the minds of the governing body. But uh, how do you think you guys will, or, or what, I guess more openly, just giving you an op- more of an open-ended question here, what, what are kind of your thoughts on that and what would be, in your mind, the key to being successful in an environment like that? You know, I, I'm definitely open to a bubble. I, I feel like, you know, the NBA has shown that it can, it can work. It, it's gone well. You know, their, their cases have been non-existent. I mean, it's literally now, you know, it's exactly where you'd want to be. It's the safest place to be um, in terms of COVID. I mean, you know, they've, they've done well. And now I think you're seeing them just being able to focus on basketball. Um, And, you know, that's, that's, I think something that, you know, if we like our team, you know, for example, if there's a bubble, I think we'd be, we'd be really excited uh, just to go and, you know, it's a new thing or, you know, it's going to be new experience, obviously, but you're going in and you're just, you're just hooping, you know, you're playing. It's basically like, you know, kind of like a big AU tournament. You're playing yeah. on one court. Uh, there's other teams around, but you know, you're, you're pretty much quarantined and, you know, let, let's just go hoop. We'll practice. You can go to the gym and shoot and then you can go play. And so, you know, I think that, I think we'll handle that well. You know, I'm, I'm open to it. I mean, probably going to have to be based on how the, the beginning of the season is going to start. Obviously nobody knows what it's really going to look like, but just, you know, taking everything as it comes, I think is going to be really important this year and you know, trying to limit, limit distractions and just play with, play with what you got. Yeah. We'll kind of have to see how things go here in Iowa city as well, because if, 
if Iowa move, University of Iowa moves to all online, I think that benefits you guys. I think you can even create a, a you know, just a, more of that bubble here and then wherever you go. I think it'd be you would benefit from the. Uh, how do I put this diplomatically, Connor? Some of the. Um, questionable choices some Wait, of the... I, I get where you're going <laughs> i've uh i've seen some photos of uh some downtown establishments and uh some witnessed going through town here as i li i've lived here for 23 years that uh some of the actions going on right now in downtown iowa city aren't uh let's say following safety guidelines so I think you guys would benefit from if, if uh, I think everybody would benefit if, if you guys went to college online, but I don't want this to get too political, but uh, I would think that that would be um, beneficial to you guys. Yeah. You know, I think it could be, I think it could be for sure. I mean, yeah, I, I have, I have only a couple of classes in person and they seem to be, I mean, to me to be pretty safe and going well, but I know that there, I also know that there are classes that aren't, um, so, you know, I think it goes both ways, uh, in terms of, you know, just everything, everything happening. I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the true answer is. I'm sure the people making those decisions are having just a, a hell of a time. I mean, it, who knows, you know, what the really, what the right thing to do here is. Uh, I, I'm glad I'm not the one having to make that choice. It's almost like an un untenable situation where you, you know, you're college students, man. You're a college student. You know, you're a little bit different because you've got, you know, some investment in athletics. But, yeah. you know, you're sending these guys home in March saying, hey, we got to shut this down. You bring them back six months later and say, hey, stay in your house in your dorm room. And it's just, to me, it's, it's such a tough setup right now. And we're seeing it all over the country. It's not just Iowa City. It's in Ames. It's in tuscaloosa yeah. it's just it's a really really hard setup for everybody right now and um yeah it's the just, one thing you know is that it's a lose-lose that's yeah. that's what you do know. like it, there's no there's no way coming out and being like oh no this was the right like you really right. don't like it's impossible to know so it's a lose-lose in terms of any kind of decision you're going to have to make people are going to be mad both ways right um and you know i think that that's just something everyone's going to have to live with you know regardless of what we do it it's going to be it's going to be different for a while and you know hopefully I'm, I'm hopeful that second semester by the time that comes around uh you know, maybe there's a vaccine or something and you know we can all calm down and things can come back to normal you know whatever whatever may happen but it's definitely it's definitely interesting how much concern or, or maybe concerns the wrong word or, or, or what do you think about this too, Connor, because it impacts you with Patrick being a little bit more susceptible and your dad's a little bit older. Coach Sparrow's a little bit older. Coach Dillard's a little bit older. Not to, not to, not to date those guys too much, but obviously, I mean, I'm 53. I'm a little bit older. I mean, I think about it a little bit more. Do, do you think about that though, just because of the people that are in your life? No, I definitely do. And that's why, for me, I've been I've been pretty careful to be completely honest with you. I haven't really. I've been listening to most of most of the all the protocols. Um, you know, I haven't. I've, I've I'm masked up all the time. Uh, you know, that's kind of how I how I've been going about my day. Um, my sister has has pretty bad asthma too, so that's okay. she's honestly who I've been most who I've been most careful around um, because she's she's also been 
pretty pretty anxious about the entire thing mm-hmm. um and so you know just trying to make her feel comfortable like whenever i've gone home and telling her like you know no i've i've been i've been safe and i've been doing things cuz you know she she sees you know everything that's going on as well so i think you know me telling her and assuring her that everything's that i've been doing's been okay you know just so i can even be around as i think is important and then you know when it comes to my dad he's he's not somebody that like worries as much about he doesn't worry as much about it i would say but definitely it's like weird because like i think like i'm i'm still careful around him and he he knows like it's it's how dangerous it is and i don't know he's just not somebody that really really like really is like ever crazy sick like i don't remember my dad ever getting like really sick to be honest like i I don't know it's it's weird but he's just somebody i feel like who you know even if he is sick like you know he has like maybe a little cold but you know he goes lays down and you know something like that you don't even notice like he doesn't really complain about it or anything like that maybe my mom has to deal with that more I, I, i don't know you'll learn about that when you get married my friend um yeah did you, your dad doesn't really worry about anything though does he i mean i've known him now for 10 years and i i can't remember i mean whenever i bring something up that you know some somebody might be worried about he's like yeah i don't really worry about that no he, he's pretty stress-free you know he he's not one to mull over like you know the little things you know he's always like he's big on control but you can control as well you know just yeah. as coach heller is you know do you know you, you, there's a lot of things that happen um and, you know, you, I mean, you kind of saw it, like you could see it last year with some of the injuries that we had. It's like how he handled all that. It's like you would think like a coach would be worried if you're starting four man gets hurt, you know, one of your incoming uh, freshmen, you know, can't play. Um, you're starting two man is hurt throughout the year. You know, all uh, like a lot of different things happened. And, you know, I feel like he's kind of always like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll play with uh, – you know, we'll play with what they got. We're not going to force them into doing anything that they're not ready to do, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, he was all that. If he does worry and if he is, you know, more, you know, stressed about different things, then, you know, he he doesn't come off that way to even me some of the, most of the time. So, <laughs> you know, that, that I guess if that's an indicator that you need, you know, he's definitely, he's definitely kind of just a, a I'm not going to say go with the flow because he's not really a go with the flow kind of guy, but he is, he just, he, he just is very realistic. I'll say that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that people, you know, people that don't know your dad, obviously as well as you do, but I think I have a pretty good handle on who he is as well. And, uh, you know, from Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my mom lives in Kingston, New York, and my dad lives in, in South Jersey. So I know I'm, I'm aware of, you know, I've spent time in Philly. I, I you know, I, all of that stuff. But just the intensity you see from your dad on the sideline to compared to what he is just kind of like if I'm sitting with him in the bleachers, you know, when I was I, – I forget that Rock Island tournament, but I was watching him uh, watch Patrick and uh, – DJ Carton and we were just hanging out talking it just and and people don't see that they just see the intense guy on the sideline you know and it's right it's um uh, people have formed an opinion I think based on that and it seems like he's kind of I don't want to say mellowed because I your dad is as intense as anybody I've ever seen in terms of you know being on the sideline in competition 
but he seems more at peace or more at ease. Do you sense that at all? Yeah, no, I, I do. I think that, you know, I think uh, he's, to be honest, he, I think he trusts, he trusts us. Yeah, he's that, yeah. I, I get that he, sense too. It seems yeah. like yeah, he's he's really he feels like you guys can kind of take care of yourselves a lot of times. Yeah, no, I I do. I think he uh, I feel like you know he he might he trusts me in some situations. Um, you know he trusts he trusts Jordan. He trusts CJ and Weezy, Luca. You know we're more of a veteran group. Right. Um, and he's I mean don't get me wrong like he'll still get on us, but you know I do think you know he's definitely he's definitely going to be more mellowed out. You know, if he's not worried about everything that we're doing, he's not worried about, uh, you know, if he calls a play, you know, at this point, we're all going to know the play. Um, and, you know, you know, that hasn't necessarily been the case in years past, you know, with, with freshmen or, you know, whatever, who, who's in at the end of the game, you know, if, you know, I, I mean, when Jordan was a freshman, you know, those were pretty much, I want to say they're like three or four freshmen in at the end of the game with Peter some of the time. Yeah. So, you know, that those are teams that, you know, you're worried, you know, if you call a play down the stretch in a two-point game, you know, are they going to know it? Like, you know, are they communicating on defense? You know, and, and those are, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a coach. You know, I don't know all of the things that go into a coaching, a coach worrying during the game. But, you know, now I just feel like he definitely, he definitely has grown uh, to trust us a little bit more. And, and, but I do think you said it, you, you, you hit it right on the head is a lot of people, you know, have an opinion of him that, you know, is definitely, is definitely wrong. Um, just because, you know, they don't know, they don't know like how he is normally. Um, and I mean, a lot of, most of those people only watch him on the sidelines. So it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, okay, you, you want to talk about how he is there, but I mean, you can ask anybody really, you know, all of our friends, you know, people we hang out with you know even when you know from the time when i was in sixth seventh grade you know bringing friends over to the house you know he's always you know my friends are all like oh wow like i can't believe like these people like actually think about your dad like that like it, he's just not like you know that kind of thing and so it it's definitely i i just i don't even pay any attention to it at this point because like you know people if you if you go on twitter for a long enough time you're gonna see some ridiculous opinions and the problem with people is that they'll be like, oh, no, like, I'm right. Like, you're wrong. Well, like, no, you, you are a moron. But, like, I just can't – you can't argue with someone who is like that. So it's, it's just kind of like – I guess you got to take it for what it is. <laughs> yeah, and Twitter's a cesspool. Um, <laughs> the, it, it is and, ridiculous. And, I mean, you see me. I'm down on the – you know, I'm down on the court. I'm shooting photos. And a lot of times that first half, I'm sitting – by the visitor's bench and yep. your yep. dad I, for whatever reason he's more i, I don't know it's it, it, the way he maybe it's because he turns red <laughs> a little bit but yeah it's yeah. it's it, it almost projects more than but that but the other coaches are doing the same thing i mean Izzo complains non-stop I mean, from the opening tip to the end of the game, he is nonstop every time the referee comes by him. Same with Turgeon. Um, anybody you name in the league. Yeah. They're I think, all the to same. To be honest, most coaches, yeah. I mean, most coaches do. Maybe maybe he's maybe my dad's just louder. Louder and yeah. turns, color, turns red. That could be what it is. 
you know, and it's strategic it, it too. I mean, everybody's looking for that little bit of the games are so competitive that you need every little edge that you can get with the officials. And we all know the officials can be inconsistent. I'll be nice. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, they, they have a tough job to do. Sure. Uh, and I'm definitely, you know, during, during the year, you know, I'm, I, I feel like, you know, I try to, I try to be someone that like talks to them. You know, I try not to like, you know, I feel like I have a good relationship with, most of the most of the refs in the league but you know they, they have a tough job to do and you know I think that they're constantly getting getting nagged by by multiple people from both sides you know and, and it's on, honestly this this whole time watching the NBA in the bubble mm. has the way that players go at refs because you know the, I feel like now it's it's seen more because there isn't any background. You're purely watching the court and what's going on in the court. You catch, you pretty much catch everything. Right. You know, there's no fan fandom, anything kind of going on. You you see how much the refs take, like in, in just in pure complaints, and it, and it's crazy. It really is. And I'm, I mean, you know, you said it. You know, they're not, they, <laughs> they they're not always right we'll say it like they're not, but it's, it's a really hard job. And, you know, I will, I will defend them to, to some extent, you know, when I'm not on the court and then in <laughs> battle, the heat of the moment, right. The heat yeah. of the moment, you might get a different thought, <laughs> but right now when I'm not in the middle of a game, I'll say that the refs have a really tough job to do. I'm that? really looking forward to the Illinois games this year. Um, and me too. Me too. <laughs> I, I, you should see some of the tweets I get at me about Illinois. <laughs> it, it, people are excited, but like also like I think people forgot that like we beat them at home, like very like pretty. I mean, yeah, you know, down the stretch, you know, it was a close game, but like we beat them with that exact team that they have back without Jordan, and but now it's like like and and we lost by two at their place. They lose. Feliz, who, in my opinion, was their – I mean, he was one of their guys. Like, yep. I think he was very good, very, very good. They lose him, but now it's like, oh, my God. Like, I'm getting tweets at me like, I can't wait to watch the, the Illini destroy you guys again. <laughs> like, did you not watch last – like, we've beaten them, like, five out of six times. Like, what do you – destroy us when? When did you watch – are you talking – like, you're not talking about football. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know, but, like, you can't – like I said, like, you can't respond to some of these people. No, and it's just great to have the rivalry back, to be honest with you. When I, like I said, when I started here in the late 90s, like, um, you know, Iowa's last Sweet 16 team and Tom Davis's last time down there, um, Iowa won in, in Assembly Hall, and it was just – it was just intense, man. And then it just kind of slowly deteriorated. And then Illinois had, you know, the D Brown and, and Williams teams and got really good when, when self was there and Iowa. All right. I think we've worked through those technical difficulties. Sorry about that, Connor. Um, maybe it was, uh, maybe it was somebody from Illinois bugging us and uh, figuring <laughs> we were talking bad about them and, and submarining this podcast. Yeah. Hey, it could have been, <laughs> who knows? Could have been. Yeah, I was just talking about how it's nice to have the rivalry back. It's, um, you know, it's it's a good rivalry. Close schools, schools are close. I think it's great when when Iowa and Illinois and Wisconsin and Minnesota, maybe Nebraska with with Fred, 
Um, be great if all those programs could be consistently good again. We could have a nice, uh, nice regional uh, competition. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I think that, I mean, you know, most, most Big Ten games are pretty intense, but, you know, if you can have, you know, that extra little, you know, every, I feel like every, every Iowa fan, like I said, kind of has their own, their own team that they hate. Right. Um, and having, you know, having multiple, having multiple teams is always fun, you know, to be able to have that little edge against, for sure. Who, I mean, what team do you get up for the most? Is it Wisconsin? Uh, no, that's, I mean, a tough, that's a tough question too, because you want to get up for everybody, but is there, I didn't know if there was one school that kind of sticks in your crawl a little bit more than others. Yeah. To be honest, I feel like for me, like, it's like pretty much everyone. I mean, yeah. it's not like, you know, it's, it's not like I have a single, uh, a single team that I'm really, you know, really excited for getting up for, I mean, may, maybe Iowa state, um, uh, <laughs> it's tough to say um phil whatever whatever team has the most ignorant fans how about that <laughs> that's good that's a tough competition it is because every <laughs> team has ignorant fans and other people will say that about our fans yeah but it's it's definitely it's definitely you know that's definitely the team that usually bothers me the most <laughs> Yeah, let's and, and I wanted to go there anyway, so let's it seems like a good segue to dealing with that. Dealing with the public. I mean, you're you're the coach's kid. You you're you've had to deal with a lot of you know, being questioned. Hello? Um you there, Connor? Hello? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I think you maybe went on mute for a second. Really? Okay, we're good. Um, maybe that's the Iowa State fans now getting in here. Hello? 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 Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Connor? Yep, I got, I got you now. Okay, we're good. Hopefully. Oh, I love technology. Oh, it's the best, right? <laughs> Zoom... I'll be okay if I never have a Zoom meeting again in my life. I literally, I want to delete Zoom off of everything. (laughs) Um, But to segue there, to segue there, you've had to deal with, you know, being in the public eye for a long time now, being the coach's kid and, you know, when you were in high school and obviously now on a bigger stage with people reaching out, being able to get to you on social media um, you've had to prove yourself more than a lot of guys because you're the coach's kid. How have you dealt with that and, and made sure that it didn't affect you? Um, uh, you know, I feel like that's a good question. I mean, you know, for like, for me personally, I, uh, I've always kind of tried to ignore, you know, what's going on from everybody else. I mean, you know, it's something that is hard to do at times, but like for me, you know, not listening to what other people say and just kind of taking taking your own work for what it is um as always I try to go about my business and you know that's that's just always been me I guess can you use it for motivation do you use it for motivation when people say ah the only reason he's playing is because you know his dad's the coach
Oh, I, oh, sorry, I lost you for a second. I just got you back. Okay, cool. We, I'm. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hello. Man. Hello. Yeah, I, I got you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. We're good. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's my I don't either. here. I, I want to get through this podcast now. I'm motivated now by the to yeah. defeat technology. I, I was going to say, do you use it as motivation um, that your question, that you're playing because you're the coach's kid or, you know, people find ways to nitpick your game? Uh. You know, I definitely did. I definitely did after my freshman year, um, you know, because people were pretty down on me, and you know, I didn't, I didn't shoot very well. Um, but after and that's last an easy year, thing to pick on, right? It's you, you can't hide when you're not shooting well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you can just look at the percentage. Um, right. You know, I mean, it, it's not like you know, I was. It's not like I was out there shooting, you know, five threes a game either. By the right. way, you know, it's like, but uh, I think I shot like less than one three a game and it, like by a long shot and I just didn't make very many but you know like last year uh, I feel like I maybe hit my stride a little bit more um, I definitely did use uh, you know my freshman year as motivation you know I, I wasn't happy with how I played either um, you know, I had some good games had some bad games but I wanted to be more consistent and I feel like I was last year for the most part I feel like there's definitely more people now that kind of respect you know what I'm, what I'm trying to do, you know, I'm never, I'm never going to be someone who tries to do something that's, you know, the team doesn't need. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, if we have, if we have Luca, Weezy, CJ and Jabo, I'm not going to go out and try to average 20. Like, that's not what, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, if, if I'm on like a team that, you know, needs scoring, maybe I'll shoot more, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out and, just completely lose my mind just because I want to be like, Oh, like these people don't think I can score. So I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like that, right. that's not, that's not how I am. I'm not going to change how I play because of other people's opinions. I'm going to still do what I think is going to help us win. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of why, you know, people maybe saw that more in me last year. You know, I had the, I, I didn't have, I don't, I, I don't know, you know, what my numbers exactly were, but you know, I know that they were better. I know I shot, but one thing I, I am proud of is that I, I think I shot 37% from three in Big Ten play. And so that was, uh, you know, that was, that was big for me because that was a goal that I had. And that was something I set for myself is I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to have another shooting year. If I get to my freshman year, I'm a good shooter. I shot 40s in high school. It's, it's obviously different. Um, but then, you know, coming in and I'm like, I'm going to shoot above 35 and I shot 37 in big 10. And I think I was like 35 and normal 34 or something like 35, something like that. So you know, that was something I did keep track of when it comes to numbers. And uh, it's something I was, I was happy with. And, but now, you know, my goal is going to be 40 this year. So that's something I've been working on and that's something that I'm going to, going to take seriously. And it obviously shows the work that you put in to, to improve those numbers. And I, I think that's, and I, I've talked about this before and written about it, that people sometimes don't understand that guys get better as college careers go on. Right, and right. it takes work to get better. Not, and the people aren't finished products when they show up. So right. and I think people are getting a better appreciation for what you bring to a basketball team. And at least I hope they do. And I know you don't like to, 
talk about yourself or, and pat yourself on the back, but your ability to be versatile defensively, leading the country in assist to turnover ratio, your ability to impact the game without having to shoot, all of those things are so important on successful teams that I'm, I'm hoping that people gain a better appreciation for your game as these last two years unfold and hopefully with a lot of success. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not like crazy worried about it. You know, I, I, I'm not out here to, to prove people wrong um, necessarily. (laughs) I mean, it does like, you know, if I, I feel like I have enough, I have enough love around, you know, the people that, that do, you know, kind of support me, I guess. And, you know, that, that, and that's good. There's all, there's always going to be haters. I mean, there are people that'll be on Luca like after games and I'm like, okay, like, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like there's always going to be some of that. And, you know, I just think that that that's the world that that's the world we live in. Everybody has an opinion. Uh, A lot of opinions are wrong, but that's, that's, that's how it is. And we'll just, we'll just live with it, I guess. Yeah. Weezy had to deal with that shit last year when he got in a shooting slump because he was getting manhandled and mugged every every game towards the end of the season, but I think he'll be better for it as well. Yeah. You know, I think it was, I think, yeah, it was Michigan state. I, I'm not sure if you were at that game personally, but I remember other reporters at the game. Um, I, I want to say it was Chad Lysikow was there and a couple others being like, wow, this game's that game was really physical. Cause you know, you're right <laughs> up next to the court there. You're yeah. right next to it. And like the game, everyone was like, "Wow, that was physical." Is it always like that? I'm like, "Yeah, like it's like that. Like it's physical. Like it is." You know, guys like Weez. I mean, he's getting held. Like I promise, he's getting held. You know, it's um, and and it's not a dig on like anyone because it's just something you don't see. It's right. not like it's not like anyone's at fault. You you have it's it's almost impossible to know. But you know, when you when you get to sit courtside at a game like Michigan State, like, you see more what, you know, how how strong people truly are, you know, what, what really goes into the physicality of making a post move in the league. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, I, wish, I wish every fan, and I'm sure fans wish this too, I wish everybody could, <laughs> could sit courtside at a game like that and just watch and see what, it, what it's really like. See, watch Wheezy, watch how much he gets mugged and held, and CJ, at that Illinois game, the last game of the year, how much, you know, he's getting mugged and held. And even Jabo, you know, how much he's going to get – he's going to get held on to. I mean, Luca's going to get destroyed next year. He re- Like, he is. He's just he should wear mugged. a face mask, man, because he's he going to be bleeding from every he spot a, on He might have head. to wear a football helmet. <laughs> like, that's, that's what it's going to be like. And, but that, but that's, that, that's how it is. And, I, you know, I think that, you know, definitely people are going to uh, – people maybe will will grow to appreciate that at some point you know and and like I said it's not it's not a dig I'm not trying to you know talk down on anybody else it's just it's just the way it is yeah it's the way that they play in the Big Ten that's why I was disappointed one of the most disappointing things about how last year ended was because I was looking forward to you guys getting into the NCAA tournament where the games are called differently and there was would have been more freedom of movement games are everything changes games are called differently you can't scout as much like the, everything changes i mean by the end of the big 10 year everybody knows what like you know what everybody right. else is going to do like it's not like you know things are going to be changing every every game you know that 
we'll put in you'll put in new play calls and you'll have new things for some quick hitters. You know, we had we had some quick hitters by the end of the year um, in the Illinois game, but it's kind of like it's kind of like you know they know most of the other stuff that you're doing, and that's just the way it's going to be. But once you get in that tournament setting, they can only scout so much. You know, we can run some of our other stuff that we know is going to work in the tournament that might not necessarily work, you know, when we're playing in the last game of the year. Yeah. Um, I want to run down this list too. Um, Casita academic, all district first team, academic, all big 10. Uh, Iowa's um, male big 10 sportsmanship award honoree. Uh, Dean's list, both semesters last year, big 10 distinguished scholar. How important are those things to you? They, they're definitely important. I mean, I, um, I'm sorry, I'm walking, I'm walking to class right now. That's so okay. You're getting some background noise. Um, I, I'm definitely, you know, some of those I'm surprised by. I mean, I, I do, I do really like, you know, hearing all that stuff. I mean, I, I've, I've worked pretty hard, you know, in, in school and, you know, I feel like I, uh, I put in a lot of time. And so, you know, being, being recognized for that kind of stuff is, is nice. Uh, I guess maybe thinking about it as more of like a good resume builder. Yeah. I think maybe, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's just kind of, I'm not like overly like critical of it or anything over myself, you know, in the classroom. I just try to try to do what I can. Yeah. I know you're getting ready to go to class here, but I wanted to definitely make sure we hit on, uh, the Big Ten Anti-Hate, Anti-Racism Coalition and the Iowa Multicultural Focus Group um, that you're a part of. Why is that yep. so important to you? Why are those things so important to you? I just, I've always been somebody that, you know, I really believe, like, there's a right way and a wrong way to, to treat people. And the way that, you know, I think things are in society right now is, is not right. Um, and, you know, I... It's just something like for me, like I feel like I'm definitely an outspoken person. I, I use, I want to use my voice, use my, use my leadership, use my platform to try to spread any kind of, any kind of message I can. And, you know, being on this coalition with the Big Ten has really been, has really been interesting for me. I've learned a lot and I'm, I'm really, really, you know, just happy to be a part of it because there's so many great people on it and so many great ideas being tossed around just every single day. And, you know, I think that, you know, we're really, you know, we're doing a lot with big 10 voter registration. Um, you know, that's a big thing for us. So everybody listening to the podcast, go vote, be vote, be registered to vote and vote. That's a big thing. That's what we're doing. So there's my one, uh, <laughs> my one nod to that. Now plug um, it, brother. You can plug yeah. that as much as you want on my podcast. And I got haters on here. Trust me. And I don't care. Yeah. Okay. Good. I, I, I hope that doesn't get you any hate, but yeah. Nah, just, it's too late. My, my little one came up to me the other day, looked over my shoulder at somebody ripping me on Twitter. Is like, you got haters? I was like, always, babe. You're like, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it happens. Can't get away from them. But I mean, I, I know, and I know you got to go soon, but just, um, where does that come from that, that, you know, that, um, 
awareness of, of diversity and inequality and, and and what do you hope to see here is you're you're you it's going to be up to you guys the younger generation uh us old people aren't going to be here because this is going to take some time to fix but what what i mean what, what is your vision or what, what do you hope to see as you as you grow older i just think i think that we're really going to start to see some true change um we have a lot of really young, you know, great activists that are out in the community doing, doing great things. Um, and I just think, you know, one by one, if you can change, you know, people's hearts, um, change the way that people view, you know, certain, just certain acts that people will, will carry out. I think that that's when you'll start to see, you know, real, real change being had. Um, and, you know, just looking at, you know, I, I have, I have people I consider family, you know, that are, that are black and, you know, that's just like, for me, that's just always been how it is. And, you know, I hope that one day, you know, everybody can have, you know, those kind of people. And there aren't people who think the way that some people do today. I'll say that. Okay. Well said, man. I wish we could talk more about that, but I know you got to get to class and uh, I've taken up enough of your time. And I really appreciate you joining us today, Connor. It worked out well. Um, We'll be waiting for your podcast that you're going to start like J-Bo did uh, anxiously. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Thanks right, for having man, me. Good to talk to you. I ho- I'm looking forward to seeing you this season. Yep. Good to talk to you as well. It'll be good to see you soon. Take care, Connor. Yep. You too. Bye.